Thanks for downloading this show from PC1. Before we get rolling, here's a word from one of the folks who helped bring you this podcast. The following program is a podcast1.com production. I'm so glad you're with us here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you and your wallet. I want you to learn ideas from me so you can keep more of what you make. Coming up in 20 minutes, there's new data out that says that people are being harassed all around the country for medical debts that aren't theirs or that they don't owe. I'm going to tell you how to assert your rights in 20 minutes. And in a half hour, have you ever noticed the second an airplane lands, the volume level on the plane goes through the roof because suddenly everybody turns their phone on and they're just yapping at the top of their lungs? Why do people have to talk so loud on a phone? Well, are you going to have to deal with people talking on a phone while you're flying? Not while you're on the ground, but while you're in the air. Let me tell you the latest developments on that in just a half hour. <laughs> this is funny. This has a phone angle. Have you noticed if you go to see a movie or a play or whatever that people are on their cell phones at audience events? It's different at a concert, but at a movie? Okay, so I was at a, what movie was it? I don't go to a lot of movies, but, oh, it was one, I shouldn't even say this, it was one my wife was in. She's an actress. But anyway, we're at the movie and we're watching it, and somebody gets a call two rows back from us and starts talking loud on the phone while the movie is going i gotta tell one other thing that happened to my wife it's funny so she's she does um you know every kind of acting and acting up and she was doing a play and it was an unusual setting where some of the audience seats were done where it appeared like they were part of sitting in a cafe but their seats were just there because it was part of the whole setup of how the play worked. And someone who's sitting in one of the cafe seats right in front of her takes a phone call, the phone rings, and while they're performing, this guy is carrying on his phone conversation. And it was a two-person play. My wife and the other woman in the play just incorporated that End of the play. They went off script and just incorporated it. But that's neither here nor there. But I did want to talk about the movie theaters. So the movie industry is having a tough time getting people to, to come watch movies. And then there are people who just love movies but don't get there as often as they'd like. And I guess last year I told you about an experiment going on in just a couple of cities called Movie Pass, where if you really love movies, you can go to unlimited movies for a monthly subscription. Kind of like a Netflix for going to actual theaters. 
And so now MoviePass has apparently worked, and it's popping up all over the country. And depending on what city you live in, usually pay either 39 a month or 44 a month, 39.95, 44.95 for unlimited movies. For me, it would be a waste because I never go to a movie. Of course, unless my wife's in it. And otherwise, I know this woman who goes to several movies a week. She just loves going to movies. And so for her, Movie Pass is a great deal. For the theater, what's in it for them is if they get people that are real movie lovers, real movie goers, what they'll do is they'll come more often and two out of three of them will hit up the concession stand where the real money is made for the theater. Now, paying for a movie is one thing. What about going for free? Our own producer, Joel, no, told me about GoFobo. Is that how you say it? Yep, that's it. G-O-F-O-B-O dot com. GoFobo, you register with it, and you get to go to premieres of movies for free, premieres of local events for free, and the reason they do it is if they think you'll spread some buzz about something that's just out, you become like cheap advertising. One of the things, if you go to sign up for it, they want to know what social media you're on. Because what they're hoping is that you'll be somewhere and say, hey, I'm at the premiere of blah, blah, blah movie or whatever. And that you spread the word. And then you got to go to the event for free. Diane is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Diane. Hi. Diane, you're buying a piano. I am. Wow. So you already have more talent in your little pinky than I do in my whole body. (laughs) I don't know about that. The only piano I can play is one that's computerized that you press a button and it plays tunes. Well, that's, that's fun, too. So uh, are you thinking of buying a new piano or a used one? It's a used one, but it's being sold at a piano store. It's on consignment. Okay. And, you know, as you have discovered or already knew, pianos depreciate very rapidly. Most of them do. do. And buying one used just shows how smart you are. Oh, good. (laughs) How can I be of help with this? Well, um, it's $9,000, and um, I want to either pay no interest or the lowest interest possible. And um, I could finance it through the store at 7.99, which is lower than my credit union. That's around 13 or 14. My husband used to be able to get 0% interest rate credit cards, but he'd always have to find another one to transfer the balance to. Yeah. And my concern is that if I do that with a piano, what if at the end of that term, I still have more to pay on the piano and I can't find a zero interest credit rate and I have to get a higher interest rate than I would have started with at the piano store? Well, at 8%, which is what yeah. they're offering at the store financing. You know, I'm not a big fan of store financing, but this would be a case that would be absolutely an exception. Oh. If they'll write the loan at 8% flat rate 
and that is the fixed interest rate for the balance of the loan? Uh-huh. I'd say that's a deal. Oh, well, that's good to know. The, the alternatives, doing the, the hopscotch with the 0%, that's just more work than you need to be up to. Because yeah. is, let's say you get 0% for 12 months, which is the common period of time. If you get that, mm-hmm. after those 12 months, the rate may go to more than double what your 8% is. How many years do you think it'll take you to pay off the piano? Well, there, the term would be five years, and I might be able to, to pay it off a little bit sooner than that, but probably not too much sooner. Okay. Well, then I think the 8%, that makes it even more compelling to just do that deal. Okay. How do you know that this particular piano at 9000 is a deal? I looked at the piano store. I've talked to people about how much um, pianos should cost. I have a, a piano instructor who knows all about pianos. He used to be a concert pianist. He's been teaching for years and years, and he went and looked at it. Oh, man, you took the words right out of my mouth. I, I, was, going, okay. I was going to ask you to have that person go and, and play the piano and see what they thought. Yeah, um, he thought it was an excellent piano. Then go for it. Okay. And you bring beautiful music into this world. I will, and it'll all be because of Clark Howard. No. <laughs> Remember again, I have no talent. You're the one with the talent. Matthew's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Matthew. Hello. How are you? Great. So you a, you have a question about a really stinky subject. <laughs> yes. We purchased a home last summer. He received plenty of mortgage insurance letters and you know opportunities, but we politely shred those. This last one about a month ago, we received us for water and sewer protection. The letter gives us options for insurance, but the main option is $120 a year. Gives us up to $18,000 in coverage. Have you heard about this? Oh, uh, yes, I have. I have known about these offers for years. These are unholy alliances, usually by a local government or water district that enters into a deal with one of these marketing companies. And they offer you these plans sometimes on on joint letterhead from a city or sewer authority or whatever, and they tout this as just being the greatest thing ever, but it's really to have money flow to the government at your expense. It's almost like a hidden tax. And so the private operator who works out the joint marketing thing with your community they're making a lot of money on this, and your local government is making a lot of money on this. So it is true what they say, that if you have a sewer backup, problem with the water line, it's nasty and can be expensive for you. It's also true that the possibility of it happening is very, very remote. So... It's coverage that I don't recommend because you're paying an enormous amount for the possible value you'd get if something went wrong. But can I tell you an alternative? Sure. I'm ready. With your own homeowner's insurance, you may be able to add an additional coverage position uh, thing they may call a rider that will cover 
this sort of thing exactly, but almost always at a fraction of the cost as a little add-on to your homeowner's policy versus what you'd be paying your local city or their marketing partner for this kind of coverage. Okay, I'll check into it. That sounds great. And I hope you love your home. Yes, we do. Thank you. Have a great day. And, Joel, instead of taking a call right now, let's take a couple of Ask Clarks. All right, Clark. Ted wrote and he said, what's the best way to consolidate and pay off my credit cards? Does it help for me to make smaller payments every week or a bigger one once a month? What's your take? It's really good with your credit cards if you can make frequent payments because credit card interest is figured on average daily balance. If you're in a position to send payment after payment to your credit card company instead of once a month, you will have a significant long-term benefit in how quickly you can pay off an outstanding balance. There's a system that originally I heard from a financial guy named Mark Eisenson. I call it the Eisenson Method. We have it on ClarkHoward.com, where you get out of credit card debt in approximately one-fourth the time you would otherwise by making your payments every two weeks instead of once a month to the credit card company, it has become something that the credit card companies hate so much that some credit card companies ban you making more than one payment a month, believe it or not, to keep you from getting out of debt quicker. Fortunately, that is a rare thing, but a really great benefit for you to do. Angelita wrote in, Clark said, is there a good website for free trading of stocks and bonds? There is a, I don't know if they're great or not, it's an app, and I've had no feedback from anyone who's using it to tell me yay or nay, but it's called Robinhood. But you do trading on your phone for free instead of using a computer. If you want to ask me and ask Clark, go to ClarkHoward.com and post it. Today's Clark Rageous moment is so important to your reputation and your wallet. It involves debt collectors trying to collect medical debts. Scams, ripoffs, outrages. It's a Clark Regis moment. A deep dive analysis by the Public Interest Research Group found that it is very common for you to be hassled by a debt collector to pay a medical debt that you do not owe. Often, it's not even your debt. It's somebody else of a name same or similar to yours. According to the data collected that was analyzed by Public Interest Research Group, one in four people were being hassled about a debt they had already paid and could document they had paid. And often, people were told they owed for a debt that they did owe but the amount that they were being hassled for was completely different than what they did owe. I want you to know that this is an industry that can be horrific in how abusive they are. And in fact, a small number of collection agencies involved with medical debt collection account for a huge percent of complaints filed with federal regulators. When somebody contacts you saying you owe a debt, from when they first contact you, they have to send you a notice in writing about that debt within five days. If it's not your debt, it's not something you owe, 
the amount's wrong, whatever it is, you write back to them and dispute it. And there are specific rules and rights you have that must be disclosed on that written notice you receive. You also have the right to tell the debt collector never to contact you again. And I'll tell you something. If a debt collector is abusive with you on a phone call, even if your state does not allow recording without permission to the other party, record that call anyway. The abusive, dishonest, dirty collectors need to be exposed. And never allow a debt collector ever to intimidate you into paying a debt that you don't owe. Okay, you're a human, which means you've done laundry some point in your life. And you know what a hassle it can be separating the laundry, preparing, doing multiple loads? It's not fun. Well, Home Depot might have a solution that makes it easy. Really. They have the new Samsung Flex Wash and Flex Dry Washer and Dryer Pair. These innovative appliances are the first ever to allow you to wash two loads and dry two loads of laundry at the same time in the same machine. So when you do the laundry, you don't have to mix different colors and fabrics together and destroy your clothes. Flex Wash integrates a large capacity lower washer for everyday washes and then an additional washer for separate colors and delicates. And the Flex Dry integrates a large tumble dryer for everyday items and a flat dryer for your delicates. You wash one load, you dry one load, everything's done. And both the washer and dryer have a number of innovative features that make laundry super easy. Like the Flex Wash offers a steam wash option for removing stains and a self-clean to keep the water odor-free. And Flex Dry features multi-steam to steam away odors and wrinkles, while Sensor Dry optimizes drying temperatures to avoid damage to your clothes. It's technology you can really appreciate. And both are Wi-Fi connected, which allows you to set and start the machines and receive alerts when a load is finished. Together, the Flex Wash and Flex Dry offer the ultimate flexibility to provide the best possible care for your clothes. So get to Home Depot now and check them out. The Samsung Flex Wash and Flex Dry washer and dryer pair. Okay, here are some really surprising car facts for you. In Churchill, Canada, residents leave their cars unlocked. That's in case someone needs to escape a polar bear. It's true. And in Sweden, drivers are required by law to keep their headlights on at all times. Day, night, rain, sunshine, doesn't matter. And now, here's another interesting and actually helpful thing about cars that you might not know. True Car also helps people get used cars. That's right. True Car isn't just for new cars. Their certified dealer network also has an inventory of over 700,000 pre-owned cars nationwide. So whether you're looking for a new or used car, you can get real pricing on actual inventory and a better buying experience through the True Car certified dealer network. Oh yeah, here's another fun fact. True Car customers can see if they're getting a good or great price before they buy. They're also more likely to enjoy a faster buying process when they connect with their True Car certified dealers. So when you're ready to buy that car, new or used, visit True Car and enjoy a better car buying experience. Some features not available in all states. Glad you've joined us here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you and your wallet. I want you to learn ideas from me so that you can save more and spend less, and don't let anyone ever rip you off. You want the opposite of ripoffs? How about deals? ClarkDeals.com. Clark.com is our website. Do you know that in certain parts of the world now, 
it is legal, accepted, and done where people talk on a phone mid-flight when you're flying somewhere. I think that is a rotten idea. And it had been the decision of the federal government to allow each airline to decide if it would allow you to engage in calls on your flight, be a profit center for an airline because they would mark up the cost per minute. And now the FCC has decided you're not going to be able to do that. And I think that's great. I think the ability now that exists to text from a flight on most airlines at what's a relatively low cost per flight is perfect and enough, and you avoid the nuisance of people screaming into their phones on a flight because all you got to do, I mentioned this half hour ago, you just got to wait till a plane lands and then listen to how loud that plane suddenly becomes from everybody yakking on their phone. And do you know that if you're a T-Mobile customer, that on most flights now that have Wi-Fi, I think pretty much everybody but on Southwest Airlines, you're able to text for free and because you're a T-Mobile customer, you get a certain amount of time, I think it's an hour of Wi-Fi time on the flight to do whatever you want over Wi-Fi. And that is fantastic. That's an extraordinary opportunity for you. And it's, it's not too far in the future that some airline, for competitive reasons, with the ability to offer Wi-Fi on planes getting so much cheaper, that someone's going to offer you free Wi-Fi. Southwest, the one I mentioned just a minute ago that doesn't, do the deal with T-Mobile. Southwest gives its elite-level flyers in its highest elite category free Wi-Fi on every flight all year long. So if if it's about staying in touch with people, being able to do so with messaging and email and all that, that is plenty. But I do not need to hear your phone conversation. Chris is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Chris. Hey, Clark. How are you, sir? Great. Thank you, Chris. Uh, I heard you uh, a couple of months ago, and my question is about, you know, our culture, the American dream is getting your own home, putting a small down payment on it, paying it off over 30 years. My question is, is it really that great of a deal to do that as the American dream would put it, or to rent for all that time. In other words, if I, is there, has there been an analysis done that if I took all my deductions on my tax returns over 30 years and looked at the benefit I received from those deductions, would that actually be favorable as opposed to renting? I wouldn't look at the deductions because more than half of taxpayers get no mortgage interest deduction. They don't pass the standard deduction. Okay. What I would look at is that the beauty of you buying a home is if you're going to stay a long time, and I usually use the trigger at seven years, 
if you're going to stay seven years or longer, it is a great inflation hedge. Even though we essentially have no inflation these days, that's not going to be forever. And at some point, inflation will become your enemy if you're a renter, and rents will rise over time. You know, if you look back over enough time, I was once living in a suburb of Washington, D.C., and my rent on a two-bedroom apartment was $249 a month. Today in Washington, $249 a month did not pay. My brother lives now near, where my oldest brother lives near where I used to. That didn't even pay to park his car per month right. in his apartment. It was 350 a month to park the car. And so if you're looking at a place with the way you drew it, with the 30-year mortgage and all that, looking at a place that would be your home that you would stay in for a long, long time, the longer you want to stay, the more it becomes compelling to own instead of rent. Okay. How long do you tend to stay in a place, or how long do you think you would stay in place where you're trying to make that rent-buy decision right now? I'm just looking back. I'm 56 right now, and I've been in, in a home since I was 29. Same home? No, oh. second home, but the second home, 17 years. And so when I heard you a couple of months ago saying, talking about the emotional connection to owning a home and you know having a place for uh, kids growing up and things of that sort, that type of value, uh, I just started wondering, is it really the, in, the investment that we all think it is? Uh, With a home ownership cycle that's short, it is just an emotional thing and not a financial. Okay. But as those years stretch, the emotional becomes, it may still be present, but it's not the significant factor. It does become the financial. 17 years ago, what what did you pay for a home? Well, in this case, it was right around 300 And what's that home worth today, 17 years uh, later, having been through boom and bust more. and... It's it's probably around between three forty and three fifty. So in your case, seventeen years you didn't get anywhere, and I mean, truthfully, and I can understand why you're asking the question the way you are. Right. But that is an unusual pattern, where because we have been through a boom, a bust, and now depending on where you are, some level of recovery, and that you're almost where you were. 17 years ago, that would be not the normal number. Okay. And, and then last question, if you wouldn't mind, if you were talking to your kids, would you even allow them to consider a 30-year mortgage, or would you just automatically say, uh, I would support a 10- to 15-year mortgage? What advice would you give them? Well, I'm obsessed with the 15-year loan, because right now the terms on the 15-year loans are the best they've ever been and the most extreme in terms of the gap they are from a 30-year loan. Okay. So I don't, I don't look at it as an automatic, hey, everybody should always do a 15-year loan. But right now, there's very, very compelling reasons that if somebody can afford the payment to do a 15-year loan instead of a 30. Okay. So it's not always true, but right now it is absolutely true that it would be to anyone's advantage 
my kids, anybody, to do a 15-year finance. Sally's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Sally. Hi, Clark. How are you today? Great, thank you. You have a question that is something that I love. You're looking for an alternative way to save a lot of money on business phone service. Yes, I have a small real estate company, and we it is probably once a month we use an outgoing a landline. It's all incoming, and I've seen some services come up that would save me a lot of money um, offering virtual services and kind of scares me to do that. So I just would like your opinion. Well, the I don't know who you're looking at. The longest that somebody's been in that business is what they call virtual PBXs is Ring Central is the one that I know has been around the longest. One that's been very heavily promoting itself lately. I don't know if you've heard of them as Grasshopper. Yes, that's the biggest one I've seen all the ads for. All right, and there are a a number of others. The idea is that you can tie together a bunch of people virtually where people call a central phone number, and then from that number it'll say, for this person dial 101, for this person dial 102, like any other phone tree, except what it then does is it essentially call forwards to your cell phone. And the the calls follow you from the individual. But that's just the most basic of what these things do. And they they work. uh, I have never had a complaint about any of these, quote unquote, virtual PBXs. They seem to do exactly what they promise to do. Oh, great. Right. Well, that saved me about $100 a month. And when you're a small business owner, that $100 helps a lot. Absolutely. Now, having said that, there are so many people now in this space. Some of them are going to fail. Some of them are going to merge with stronger players. And you do always stand the danger. And this is the hard part with any of this stuff, that if they were just one day to close their doors which I doubt would happen with these because there is a marketplace for them. But if the worst happened, suddenly that number all your customers have, who knows where what would happen to it and where it would ring and all that. I just want to p- put that out there that that would be the most extreme case. Sure, and in real estate, that's our lifeline. That would that, be, that would be the kiss of death for you. So yes. what I would recommend, because that could be possible, is that business cards and digital communication with people always have two numbers the the individual numbers direct and then the overall number that would be this virtual number so that you people would still have a second way to reach you if that ring suddenly rang dead okay all right well then i think i will move along and and do that all right and i hope that it works brilliantly for you because The underlying technology is so refined now on these things. Susan's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Susan. Hi, Clark. How are you? I'm doing great, thank you, Susan. How can I serve you? Well, I heard you mention that you use a bidding website to get your hotel rooms, and I would like to know how you do this safely when you're on the road. Priceline just saves me so much money. The app is a safe environment for you to use for booking. Okay, that's what I wondered. And when you go be- to the app, you'll see three things. Yeah. You'll see where they 
have like a traditional hotel booking site with the hotel names and the prices given. There will be the bidding app where you can click and you can put in bids. And then the third section is where you can just buy a a room right there, copying Hotwire, where you don't know the hotel. They'll show you the star level. So it is completely safe to use the app for Priceline, to use the app for Hotwire. But I'll tell you something odd. It's really good if you go to Hotwire on the computer or go to Uh Priceline on the computer and at the same time go to each of their apps on the phone. Because for some reason, the prices vary between the app and the computer a lot of times. I see. And it's not even consistent, I've discovered, which will be cheaper. It seems to vary over time. Well, this is really good to know. And I have a hotel buying guide on ClarkHoward.com that talks you through the strategies about how to do bids, how to do it step by step. Um, I was recently doing a bid in Los Angeles, and there's a, there's a strategy I used. I got my hotel on the seventh bid, and uh, you know the rules say you're only supposed to be able to bid once every 24 hours, but there is a trick to the trade where you can do multiple bids. Oh, what is the trick? Well, that, I explained that step-by-step step on my guide, so just oh, read okay. it, and it'll talk you through it. Yes. But uh, when I was booking in Los Angeles, I got a room for i got a four star for 81 dollars. my gosh that's incredible so and the last time krista when we went to new york what did we pay for our rooms we did that was that i forgot if that was priceline or i think it was 86 86 we had a nice four star so i can't believe you don't remember that you remember every penny you ever spent i've been traveling too much lately i know it was in the 80s i just don't remember the exact price so susan go look at the guide and you can save so much money. It takes time, and there's a learning curve to it. But once you know the drill, you probably will never go back to booking hotels the traditional way. Joey is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Joey. How are you? I'm doing wonderful, Clark. Joey, you want to know where every dollar of yours is vanishing into thin air, right? Absolutely. Do you have that feeling that money just kind of evaporates in your life? It, it, it does every day. Every, t- every time I go to my checking account, I'm like, where did that money go? <laughs> now, is it an aggravation or is it a serious problem for you? More of an aggravation. I've tried to doing budgets in, uh, in the past, and they never really work out. And I was hoping that there was like an app or something out there that I could keep track of money with me at all times instead of having to come home and write it all down and and things like that. Well, one that has stood the test of time is Mint. That is both a desktop kind of laptop kind of thing and also an app for your phone. There have been so many others that have come and gone over the last, oh, maybe 15 years but Mint.com, again, available as both a .com and as an app, has been very successful. M-I-N-T. Okay. And it will track real time. You have to give it access to your sign-ins, which freaks mm-hmm. a lot of people out. Mm-hmm. But that's how they're able to track every penny you spend. And it will show you 
where your money's actually going. It'll pie chart it for you and show you where your money's vanishing. Okay. And real time will allow you to track your spending. Well, hopefully I can save some money this way. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because I find nothing saves people more money than carrying around cash okay. versus using plastic. That if you have a certain amount of cash and you see it thinning out, mm-hmm. that it changes your behavior for, for most people, that you're right, uh, less likely to spend money if you reach in and you see, hey, I don't have much left in there. <laughs> Where right. you don't have that sense at all with a credit card or debit card. But okay. if if you don't have an emergency kind of situation, it's just like, I want to get a handle on this, start with Mint and see if it does the job for you and you get more control. Okay. And if it doesn't do enough for you, then think about going back to cold, hard cash. Okay. Okay? That sounds great. Thank you very much. All right. You have a great day. You too. Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans proudly supports this podcast. When it comes to the big decision of choosing a mortgage lender, it's important to work with someone you can trust, someone who's got your best interests in mind. And with Rocket Mortgage, you'll get a transparent online process that gives you the confidence to make an informed decision. Don't waste time searching through stacks of paperwork. With Rocket Mortgage, you can securely share your financial info to get a mortgage approval in just minutes. You can even adjust the rate and length of your loan in real time to make sure that you get the mortgage solution that's right for you. So whether you're looking to buy a home or refinance your existing mortgage, you can lift the burden of getting a home loan with Rocket Mortgage. Skip the bank. Skip the waiting. Go completely online at quickenloans.com slash save. That's quickenloans.com slash S-A-V-E. Let Rocket Mortgage help you get the exact mortgage solution that you need. Go to quickenloans.com slash save. Equal housing lender licensed in all 50 states. NMLSconsumeraccess.org number 3030. Today on Geffen Playhouse Unscripted, we are joined by actor, producer, director, author. What else can you do, Brian Cranston? I sweep floors. You do? And I load a dishwasher really, really well. Do you unload it? Not too many. Okay. (laughs) We could give you a job in our house. The talent is loading it, not unloading. No, the talent is buying the dishes that fit together and not the dishes that I buy that don't fit in the dishwasher. Well, I could teach you how they can fit. Okay, Brian, thank you. That's Brian Cranston on Geffen Playhouse Unscripted. Be sure to listen on Podcast One or through the Podcast One app and Apple Podcasts. Glad you're with us here on the Clark Howard Show, where you learn ways to keep more of what you make. Clark.com is the web address. You can follow me at Facebook.com slash Clark Howard. In a half hour, self-driving cars, they're a lot closer than you think. In fact, already happening. Polling shows people overwhelmingly uncomfortable with the idea of being in a self-driving car well i got a story to share with you in just a half hour right now i want to talk about stock market the index of tech stocks at an all-time record high the nasdaq at six thousand to give you perspective the nasdaq has run around from being at 5,000 in year 2000, 
5000 and 2000 17 years ago, to being worth almost nothing a few years later, to slowly climbing back up, and took it 15 years from its previous high to get back to where it was. So from 2000 to 2015, it took that long to get back round trip to where it was. And then since 2015, it's gone up another 1,000. And stock markets around the world at record highs. The Dow, which is the 30 largest stocks, record high. Pretty much across the investing world, things are in rarefied air. And what's always nerve-wracking for me is that people get excited about investing now and not like at a previous low point eight years ago when people wouldn't go anywhere near owning stocks. The people who toughed it out, stomached the hard times, have roughly quadrupled their money in eight years. The people getting in now are getting in at a point that is, I mean, we could keep going up for a couple of years. You never know when things turn. But the reality is the value of stocks that make up these various indexes or indices, whichever way you like to say it, they are very, very, to put it politely, fully valued. They're priced for perfection. Life is not perfect. Now, that doesn't mean that I've stopped putting money in. Every 30 days, through a variety of things, I put money in the market. And I do it through thick and thin. So even though I recognize that values are, by historical measurements, really high, I'm not bailing. I'm not altering what I do because my strategy is a long-term strategy. The money that I have invested that I'm putting in and that I'm adding to month after month is money I have no need for for many, many, many years to come. And if that's your story, if your story's my story, I was talking with one of our staffers who will remain nameless, but she's in her 40s, and she is nervous about having her money and stock type choices in the 401k. Money that she's not going to touch for another 20 years. So the fact that the market may be in rarefied air is not relevant. On the other hand, if you're overwhelmingly in stock type choices and it's money you're going to need in the next few months or years, that's too much risk. But the very concept of trying to time when to get in and when to get out, the odds that you call that one right are so low that you're better off going to the roulette wheel at a casino. And let me tell you, I know nothing about roulette because when I went to place that bet back in January, I went to the wrong table 
and it was some other game. I don't know what it was. And they were laughing at me that I was at the wrong place. So investing, I know something about gambling. I'm proud to admit I know nothing. I don't like gambling. It's not my thing. But creating financial security, that is my thing. So I'd say have a plan. Be calm through ups and downs. Know why you're doing what you're doing. If you don't know why you're doing what you're doing, then you can't be calm when things turn. And don't take today's record highs as your signal that you should suddenly throw a big pile of cash into investments. Remember, the greatest money is made when other people are afraid, not when everybody's exuberant. Kevin is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Kevin. Hi, Clark. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, I have a question about some rental property. Okay. Uh, I started renting my house in 2013 because I moved uh, to go to PhD school. Um, but I have not been planning this as rental income. Honestly, I wasn't aware I needed to. Right. And Kevin, I'm going to repeat some of what you said because your phone is a really, really cheap one like I would get. And so you were cutting in and out on me. Uh, you, you're getting a PhD. What's your PhD going to be in? Uh, information systems. Okay. So that came through loud and clear. And you have this okay. property that you were living in that you've turned into a rental. And since right. 2013, you haven't declared the income from the rental property. That's right. And now you're nervous. I don't know why your phone just got so much better. <laughs> well, I walked outside of the building I was in. Okay, very good. And so now you're worried that you're going to be eaten up by the IRS? Well, I'm worried if it's going to come back to bite me or um, I, I actually the reason that it was brought to my attention is I was thinking about buying a home where I'm at now, um, but because I haven't been claiming anything as rental income, the mortgage that I have shows as mortgage that I am paying and that's not good for my credit to get another mortgage. So let's look at the tax angle. Odds are that if you treated this property as an investment property, you would be showing a loss on your taxes, potentially not a gain. Because you you can... I agree. (laughs) So if anything, you wouldn't be in trouble with the IRS and you're in plenty of time to do a 1040X where you would report it as a rental property. But I need to understand, how long are you planning to rent this out versus some point you're going to say, I just want to sell the thing? Well, it's been with the same renters since 2013, and the understanding was that they would eventually buy it, and they still do intend to buy it, but they can't get a mortgage um, because... I guess and by the way, you went you went back to Jupiter or Saturn or wherever you're placing your cell phone call with, but I got most of what you said. So in your situation, likely you are going to want to do 1040X. You've already had uh, four tax years as a landlord. So you've lost, really, the ability to sell your house 
without potentially being subject to capital gains. And because of what's involved here, I know you're in grad school, but I'm going to ask you to spend a little bit of money, and I'd like you to go to a tax professional to consult about whether or not the best course of action is for you to do the 1040Xs and report this as a rental property with what's involved with that. And that will help you with the application you're doing for the mortgage. And the type of professional you should look for is you should look for an enrolled agent. That's a classification of someone who is uh, registered with the IRS to do t- uh, to be a tax expert and do tax work, or a CPA who does tax. You know, you're not in any trouble here, and so it's just a matter of getting the paperwork right, and there will be a double benefit to you getting that paperwork right because of what you need for documentation for the mortgage company anyway. And best of luck to you with your Ph.D., Lindsay's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Lindsay. Hi, Clark. How are you? I'm good. How are you, thank you? Good. Lindsay, your phone is as bad as the last one, so maybe it's our system and not your phone. Let me see if I can hear you as you talk about your kids. Okay. What's going on with your kids? Okay, so my 12-year-old daughter was getting her exams replaced the third time. All right, Lindsay, I'm so sorry. I'm going to have to put you on hold, and we're going to have to figure out what's going on with our phones. Yes, Kim? Yeah, I'm not sure what's going on on the phones, but we can definitely figure it out. Lindsay's story is very concerning. It's about her daughter going to the orthodontist, and the orthodontist, pulling two of her daughter's teeth without having talked to the parents first or talked to the kid. The kid went in there for um, to get her positioner worked on. So when we come back from break, maybe we can address this a little more and hopefully we'll get the phone situation worked out. Wait, 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 wait. It's crazy. Wait a minute. The orthodontist, uh, was it a clerical error or something? That's crazy. Okay, I can't wait to hear more about this from you, Lindsay, if we can get our phones functioning properly. Lindsay, we're going to try to see if we can hear you this time on the Clark Howard Show. How are you, Lindsay? Hey, I'm here. I'm good. Thank you. Oh, you're clear as could be, Lindsay. So um, I want to set background because you started to talk just a few minutes ago, and what you said is quite disturbing. Our producer, Kim clarified it so everyone could hear it you had taken your child to the orthodontist and without consulting you without even telling your child the orthodontist yanked two teeth out of your child's mouth that's correct um he also did not use any novocaine or any numbing agent how old is your child pain control as well how old's your child she's 12 oh my goodness oh She's going to be traumatized about going back to an orthodontist or dentist. Yeah, it, it, was, it was very disturbing, yes. And when you found out, what did you do? Well, what happened was when she went to the back, I'd stayed up front to discuss insurance with the receptionist. A couple minutes later, I walked to the back, and I saw the orthodontist over her, and assuming that he was just placing the expander, 
um, walked over. I talked to the hygienist. She showed me the expander and said, it came, there's a part missing. Um, we're going to have to reschedule you to come back. So sorry. I said, okay. I looked down. I saw Anna coming you know, in the, the table. And I sit down and they proceeded to tell me that, you know, the doctor um, decided that she needed to get two teeth pulled as well. And I look over to her and I see her in pain, tears going down her face, her face very red. Um, kind of took me a while to process kind of what was going on. Um, he sits her up, we're all done. I noticed he had had a tool when he was also using a tool in her mouth to extract this tooth. Um, she gets up, her face is red with tears and still trying to process what's going on. He started to explain to me why he felt the need to pull her teeth and said, okay, I understand and then I said, did you use, and I kept on saying lidocaine. I wasn't thinking. I was just thinking numbing. I'm like, did you use any medication to help with the pain? Because she's obviously in a good amount of pain right now. And he said, no, they were just baby teeth. And so. All right. So your story is okay. very disturbing because as a parent, yeah. you are entrusting a professional to Correct. take care of your child. and. Yeah. It, you were owed more than a courtesy to be asked, and you may, in that situation, if the orthodontist explained it to you, you may have authorized for the extraction of those teeth. You should have been asked. Absolutely, I should have had informed consent. I'm. And what did the I'm What did the orthodontist say when he realized you were not happy? Well, he again, he started to explain, well, the, the gum started to grow around the tooth. I needed to get it out because it could get infected. And I said, I understand. And then he, he thought he was doing a service to us by removing them. Right, what, and, what do you want now? Well, what do I want now? I would like, well, one, we've never had a formal apology. I want the contract to be terminated, a full refund. And then we were also considering, you know, I don't know, a pain and suffering. Or All right, so we got two, two entirely different things on the table then. Correct. Because if what you want is you just want to be released from your contract with this orthodontist, you no longer have faith in this person, and you want to start over, what you do is you file a complaint with the American Board of Orthodontics, okay. orthodontists, Donics, yeah. And then you also do one with your state dentistry board. And you put that in motion with both of them because this is a, a meaningful, serious complaint. On the yes. issue of the other thing, you are out of my territory because if you start getting into pain and suffering and all that, and you might want money, that kind of thing, you're talking about a lawyer. You'd have to look on the web, find someone who's been involved in orthodontia cases or dental cases. There are people that specialize in that area of medical malpractice. And I don't know that this would rise to a level that anyone would particularly be interested in the case. But if you want to go talk to someone, that would be what you do. But these are two entirely separate things. And you go ahead and start the first anyway with the complaint to the American Board of Orthodontics, and we'll give you the web address for that in a second, and also with your state dental board. But the other, that's the whole lawyer thing. Okay, you're a human, which means you've done laundry some point in your life. And you know what a hassle it can be separating the laundry, preparing, doing multiple loads? It's not fun. 
Well, Home Depot might have a solution that makes it easy, really. They have the new Samsung Flex Wash and Flex Dry Washer and Dryer Pair. These innovative appliances are the first ever to allow you to wash two loads and dry two loads of laundry at the same time in the same machine. So when you do the laundry, you don't have to mix different colors and fabrics together and destroy your clothes. Flex Wash integrates a large capacity lower washer for everyday washes and then an additional washer for separate colors and delicates. And the Flex Dry integrates a large tumble dryer for everyday items and a flat dryer for your delicates. You wash one load, you dry one load, everything's done. And both the washer and dryer have a number of innovative features that make laundry super easy, like the Flex Wash offers a steam wash option for removing stains and a self-clean to keep the water odor-free. And Flex Dry features multi-steam to steam away odors and wrinkles, while Sensor Dry optimizes drying temperatures to avoid damage to your clothes. It's technology you can really appreciate. And both are Wi-Fi connected, which allows you to set and start the machines and receive alerts when a load is finished. Together, the Flex Wash and Flex Dry offer the ultimate flexibility to provide the best possible care for your clothes. So get to Home Depot now and check them out. The Samsung Flex Wash and Flex Dry washer and dryer pair. Stay tuned for 60 seconds of AP News headlines right after this podcast. I'm so glad you're with us here on the Clark Howard Show where it's about you and your wallet and your future. I want you to learn ideas from me so that you can save more and spend less. And don't let anyone ever rip you off. Clark.com is where we got so much info to empower you. And when you have a question for me, Clark.com slash ask. And I don't mention enough that we provide advice off the air for free where you get to speak with a member of Team Clark nine hours each weekday, except during holidays. And so you can see how to get free off-the-air advice. If you scroll down the front screen on Clark.com, how to call in, what hours to call in, and all the rest, because it is my goal that you be empowered with knowledge to take more control of your life. Polling, every poll that's come out, every survey, shows that Americans overwhelmingly despise something that i love i adore the idea of autonomous vehicles vehicles that are going to deliver for us without a driver vehicles that will deliver us where we want to go without a driver but americans are absolutely diametrically not into it well It's happening. Not next year, not the year after. In fact, Waymo, which uh, used to be part of Google, it spun off from Google. Waymo is starting to offer free rides in the Phoenix metro area to families that are willing to ride in a self-driving automobile. They're using principally Chrysler Pacifica minivans are very comfortable and so it'd be great to be toted around by a self-driving vehicle and that be the vehicle that totes you around and they are just early in what's going to become totally common amazon is spending a fortune on trying to develop 
self-driving vehicles for delivery. And this is not gray. This is not a maybe. This is happening. And the beauty of it is it's going to save so many lives. The tough part is the 20-year transition we're in the midst of, and again, people aren't even aware of that. 20 years it's going to take to turn over the vehicle fleet so that all vehicles are autonomous. And the tough time is going to be where you still have cars on the road, vehicles on the road, being driven by us, imperfect humans, that'll be on the road with self-driving vehicles. Now, I have a car that is partially self-driving, has autopilot on it. I get on a freeway. It just drives. It adjusts for traffic around it. It is amazing. And I was with a friend from Denver who was giving a ride the other day, and I took him on the freeway to experience the autopilot. And he became, to say the least, quite animated in the vehicle. And he's like, you're not holding the steering wheel. And I already told him I wouldn't be driving the car. And he went in five minutes, five minutes, from being in terror that the car was driving us to like, this is the greatest thing ever. Alan was just beside himself that the car was doing the driving. And so it is a direct part of our future, but for many cars, you're going to see it in phases. The cars now that have what, for people who have it, you get used to it the first day you have it, the adaptive cruise control that automatically adjusts the speed of your car based on the traffic in front of you and always keeps a safe distance from the car in front of you. If traffic suddenly comes to a stop in front of you, before you can even realize, before your brain can even act on it, the car is stopping, keeping you out of harm's way, running into the vehicle in front of you. The vehicles that now keep themselves in the lane. Just examples of things that occur. And I heard the saddest story the other day about a guy who was backing up in an SUV. And, you know, SUVs sometimes can be hard to see out of the back and ran over and killed a child backing up. And as a parent, you just, I mean, you think about that and how horrific that is. And the cars that are coming out now have these cross-traffic front and back things that would alert you, and depending on the vehicle, maybe even stop the vehicle. And so the other day, I did an experiment that somebody asked me to do, didn't believe me that my car could be automatically summoned with with the app on the phone, and I showed it, and then he said, well, what if I go stand in the path of it backing up? What will it do? 
And I said, I guess it'll stop. So if you're crazy enough to try it, we'll try it. And sure enough, it automatically stopped when it got to three feet from him standing in the car's path. So the technology is changing and changing fast and definitely for the better. I know for a lot of people, new technology is unsettling. And there will be hiccups with all this new technology, but the net effect is going to be a lot of the tragedy on the roads will not happen anymore. Speaking of being on the road, Mark, you're taking a road trip with the most precious of family members. Who are those? That's right. That's my white small dogs. And don't um, come in between you and your wife's small dog. You know better than that, right? That's correct. That's correct. That's why I called him my wife's small dog. <laughs> I love them. I love them too, but not nearly as much as my wife does. Understood. Um, so I want to thank you first, Clark, for taking my call. And, and as you said, my wife and I uh, would actually like to take a trip, a car trip uh, across the United States and probably southern Canada. And I was just looking for, uh, is there an easy way we can find some pet-friendly hotels that we can find while we're on the road? There are multiple sources now where you can find pet-friendly hotels. And so it's become so much easier than it was even just a few years ago. And I'll hit you with some of them. You may have seen one or more of these. Petswelcome.com. Uh, bringfido.com fido.com and of the major booking sites travel booking sites Expedia does the most thorough of any I've seen in helping you sort out and filter just hotels that are pet friendly great now let me tell you something that's not so pet friendly A lot of hotels that will allow you to bring a pet charge extremely high pet deposits. And the pet deposits can be actually higher than what your room rate is. But as long as the pet doesn't cause a problem in the room, you get that deposit back when you check out. But I've stayed in enough hotels, I can tell you, a lot of times the carpet will be stained, Carpet will be torn, bedspread will be, um, you know, worn out or whatever. When you get to a hotel room, take pictures thoroughly of anything that's not perfect so that if later they try to claim that your wife's little dogs did whatever it is that's wrong with the hotel room or worn out, you can say, uh-uh, okay. here's the pictures when we checked in. Okay, that would be helpful. So you're going to be on your wife's best side now that you figured all this out, aren't you? That, that's right. Um, she said uh, that we can only go on the trips if she can bring along a dog. So that's a rate-limiting factor here. So, so you're going to uh, be fine. There are going to be places all over that will accept her little dogs. And one other thing, if you target in on a hotel, and it's pet-friendly and all that, you know, you can take your pet, go to TripAdvisor 
and there will be a thing when a hotel's pet friendly, there will be a button where you can read what reviews people have said about the experience of having a pet at that particular hotel. Because it's not enough that they say your pet can come. It's also, are they really, truly pet friendly? Yes. And that's why I like TripAdvisor for that information so very much. But Mark, you've lost the ability to get hotel rooms the extra cheap Clark way because there's no way when you do the blind bid sites you can know if you can bring your pet. So, not going to save as much money as I do. Josh is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Josh. Hey, Clark. How are you? Great. Thank you. You have a baby, and we're not talking about somebody's favorite pet here. We're talking about a real human child. How old's your child? Uh, she is six months tomorrow. Oh, well, happy half-year birthday to her. Oh, thank you. What's her name? Um, Lena. All right. Are we going to talk about Lena here? Yeah, yeah. Actually, um, I was interested. I have actually recently you know, started to focus on retirement and retirement accounts. Um, and I actually wanted to take advantage of you know, her age and the law of compound interest and see if I could open a retirement account for her. And then as she grows older, teach her how to um, actually put into that retirement account. You cannot. Um, I didn't. I cannot. Okay. You cannot. So that's right. unless, unless she uh, is doing a job modeling for some company and she has earned income, until a child has earned income, they cannot have a retirement account. But you could open an investment account, and if you put money in an index fund, the tax treatment of index funds is so favorable that you'd be able over many decades for her to accumulate a lot of money that would face extremely minimal tax each year. And then at the point that she would want to draw on the money, which would not have to be at retirement age, she would be able to do so and pay what at least by Today's tax code is very favorable capital gains tax rates. Okay. So um, that would be a way to do it. Now, does Lena seem to be brilliant, though? Uh, yeah, she's a pretty astute kid. I mean, she's doing everything pretty early. So if, and in your family, what are the odds that Lena goes to college? Uh, given her mom, but it's, it's pretty high, yeah. So an alternative that would get you some tax-free money for her would be if you did what's known as a 529 plan, which you could save money for college tax-free. If it's spent on college, it's spent tax-free. If it's not used for college, then the money can continue to accumulate tax-deferred, and way down the road, it would be taxed based on uh, her tax bracket, potentially, and a 10% penalty. So it's not nearly as favorable a tax environment if she didn't go to college, but much more favorable if she did than doing an investment account. So I would think about it, Josh. And it, So would you put the odds at 90% she's going to go to college? Yeah, pretty much. If it's that high and you were putting money aside for her at six months, 
I'd look at my 529 plan guide at Clark.com, put money in there, and let it grow tax-free. Jason joins us. Hello, Jason. Welcome to the Clark Howard Show. How are things going? Hey, very good, Clark. Thank you. So you have a question for me about saving money on your utility bills every month. Is that right? Yeah. Well, I just had done a home energy audit, and one of the guys looked at everything. And, uh, you know, I just had a question on what was the best spot to go was on that. And, uh, they, you know, they gave me a price as well. I'm just curious. I wanted to sanity check myself make sure I'm not out in left field here. So what was their number one recommendation that you do to your home? So their number one recommendation was to put in a radiant barrier system up in the attic to keep it cooler. Uh, but they were also looking at patching up all the, the plenum pipes and putting up chimney balloons and uh, a tent for the stairs up into the attic and what have you, all that. Okay, so uh, doing the modern insulation in the attic, absolutely. That by itself, that plus the tent over the pull-down stairs, that potentially could reduce your consumption for heating and cooling by up to 30%. Okay, wow. Is that kind of the number they gave you? Yeah, they were saying uh, they pretty much guaranteed 25%, but they've seen upwards of 40 to 45%. I've not seen that much, but I'd say 25 as a minimum, yes. Okay. So you you named a couple other things. Take me in order. What was like the next thing they said? Then I think it was a chimney balloons. I'm not familiar with that product. Yeah, I guess it builds uh, up in the flue and just creates a, a gap so the air can't come in and out. Hmm. They, I'm going to check on that a, myself. Yeah, they, they said they had a hard number of each chimney. They, it's about $350 a year, they say, and just place energy. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, now you've taught me something I'm going to look at. <laughs> well, like I said, they, they threw a lot of stuff out there, so I wasn't sure how much was just their salesmanship. What else did they suggest? They were going to put on, for all the outlet coverings, insulate all of those, saying that basically they add up to a full door size. Yeah, opening. that's really uh, cheap to do and is very helpful. Okay. Well, and then, they, you know, they threw out a price based on if it was, a, I think, 25% payback. It'd be about a three-year ROI on that. So, I mean, it sounds like... They're pretty accurate on based on what you're saying, though. Well. And I think that's very possible. There's a nice briefing at energystar.gov. You can read about what gives you the greatest bang for the buck. And the things that they're talking about, other than the one I'm clueless about, the chimney balloon, they all make perfect sense as something that will have a great payback and save you real money year after year moving forward. You get them done, and all they do is save you money. Thanks for listening to the Clark Howard Podcast. Download new episodes every Monday through Friday at podcastone.com. That's podcastone.com. Hey guys, this is Chael Sonnen. Make sure you check out my podcast, You're Welcome. We talk about MMA. We talk about professional wrestling, politics, anything you need to know about today's top issues so that you can sound intelligent and you get them all from me, your humble host, America's favorite gangster. Make sure you check me out. You're Welcome with Chael Sonnen. New episodes every Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday at Podcast One app, Apple Podcasts, and of course, PodcastOne.com. 
Woods Apology, Trump at Arlington. I'm Tim McGuire with an AP News Minute. Tiger Woods has apologized to his family, friends, and fans following his DUI arrest in Jupiter, Florida. In a statement, Woods writes, I will do everything in my power to ensure this never happens again. Woods was taken into custody early this morning. He says alcohol did not play a part in his arrest. Rather, it was an unexpected reaction to medications he's been taking since his latest back surgery six weeks ago. At Arlington National Cemetery, President Trump placed a wreath at the tomb of the unknowns. Words cannot measure the depth of their devotion, the purity of their love, or the totality of their courage. Trump and Vice President Mike Pence later met with families at a section of the cemetery dedicated to service members killed in Iraq and Afghanistan. Game one, Stanley Cup final. Pittsburgh Penguins score a trio of first period goals against the Nashville Predators. It's the first time Nashville has tried by three or more goals in the playoffs. I'm Tim McGuire.